Hey, this is Adam Starling. I'm the senior pastor at Victory Family Church. Thank you so much for joining us today. I pray this message will inspire you, encourage you, and hopefully challenge you to become everything that God has called you to be. Enjoy the message. Well, amen, amen. Well, good afternoon. Uh, man, thank you guys for being here uh, today. Hey, it's here. It's Christmas. You guys excited it's Christmas? How about kids in the house? Are you excited that it's Christmas? <clears throat> well, man, I about for you... Uh, Man, if you're a guest with us, man, thanks for being here. Really, we are super honored that you're in this place. I know that Christmas Eve is a time for a lot of family and guests to come. And so if you're a guest with us again, man, I hope you feel at home. Man, I hope that uh, you feel uh, really kind of honored just because we're honored that you're here. Man, I hope that you, you do feel uh, welcome in this place. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Matt. I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, this is our Christmas Eve uh, service. And so I'm gonna be brief uh, tonight, but I do wanna look uh, briefly at the Word of God uh, tonight. So Christmas, uh, man, it's, it's my favorite time of year. I absolutely love Christmas. It's the time of, of celebrating Jesus. Uh, we come to church. Uh, we talked about traditions earlier, man. We come to church. Some of us uh, will light candles here in a few moments. You'll spend time with family. Some of us over the next couple days eat entirely way too much, probably, right? Maybe drink eggnog. I think it's disgusting, but maybe you drink. That's okay. <clears throat> Presents. Uh, and then some of us, awesome Christmas cards. Like, let's talk about Christmas cards just for a second before we get started. So typically Christmas cards place everyone into three different groups. I don't know if you know that. So on one hand, uh, the people that always send them. If that's you, just raise your hand. That's, I, I love you. Is it you? Anybody? Yep, you send them. Yep. There's also the group that, uh, no, never send them. Is that you? How about this group? This is probably the majority. So always plan to, but always forget to do it. Yeah, that's a big group of those people. I want to share a couple of favorite of mine with you guys. So I have a group of some friends, the Jacksons. I don't know if you guys are on their Christmas card list, but uh, I'm going to see if I can sneak you on there if you want to be. Every year, every year they do something crazy. Let me show you a couple of pictures. Uh, that was a few years back. Uh, that was this year's actually, wasn't it? Yeah. It's... Every year it's something crazy for these people. <laughs> That's the Christmas cards. Every single year they have something. It's like a tradition for them to do some extravagant, crazy Christmas card. And I just wait, man. I can't wait to get it in the mail when we get this. But, but every, everyone this time of year, right? We have these different traditions or feelings or, or different plans. And, and we'll all tell different stories. But my heart for us tonight would be truly that we would see and understand that the Christ child has come as the savior of the world. And so I wanna read from the gospel of Luke in the Christmas story tonight, gospel of Luke chapter two. I'm gonna start at verse four and go through verse 12. It says this, and Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house of the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In the same region, there were shepherds out of the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy 
that will be for all of the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. So, so really, if you think about the story, a, a virgin birth seems pretty magical, but a teenage virgin pregnancy was not going to be easy to explain. It would come with confusion and, and ridicule. Probably one of the greatest miracles in the Bible is that Joseph actually believed the story. The journey to, to Bethlehem, if you think about it, seems kind of pristine, but, but any woman in here who's ever carried a child knows there's nothing pristine about a woman walking in the desert for, for a long ways, nine months pregnant. The setting appears to be that of a stable and the manger, I don't know, it seems cute, but it probably would have been dirty. Probably no running water, certainly no electricity, no epidural, not even a midwife, just childbirth. Really, it's the most humbling way for anyone to ever be born. The king of kings was born in extreme poverty. You know, Jesus was the unexpected king. Sure, the people had been expecting, I taught that last week, for 2,700 years, they had been expecting a Messiah, but not like this. And really 2,000 years ago, it's difficult for us to even relate to this. I mean, everything, if you think about it, seems so different from then to now. I mean, the time period just seems different. The culture seemed different. The circumstances, it looks so different, but is it really that much different? The reality is 2000 years ago, he came for people who were searching for a king. He came for people who needed hope. He came for people who were lost. He came in the middle of political turmoil. He came to a society that was a complete chaos. He came to a, to a scene and appeared completely different than today. But the hearts of the people were exactly the same. He came as a baby wrapped in, in cloths. He would be everything the world was waiting for. And he would be the only thing the world really needed. And yet he looked nothing like they thought. He looked nothing like we thought he would look. This is the king. Jesus was one of us. He looked like us. The, the Bible says he was the firstborn of many brothers. So he looked like us. He lived among us. He would suffer far worse than us. He would heal the sick. He would serve the poor. He would forgive sins. He would associate with the lowest of the low. He was a king who walked with you. The king who actually walked with the people. He experienced betrayal. He knew temptation. Jesus is the unexpected king because he understands what it's like to be you. He understands what it's like to be me. Every king in history couldn't relate to a commoner, but the king of kings, when he was born and he lived and walked just like you and I. Jesus didn't come how they expected him and he didn't live like a king. He was the unexpected king. But also, Jesus is the approachable king. You know, in those days, a king would intentionally be unapproachable. No chance. There's no way a commoner would be allowed in the same room as the king. If you approached uh, a king uninvited, it could have cost you your life. 
If you were allowed to approach, man, you would speak in such a way with fear, with, with trembling. Your life was in the hands of that king. Your fate would be hanging on every word. But Hebrews 4 reminds us this. Since that we have a great high priest, that's Jesus, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence, let us draw near to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. The concept of this approachable king really is kind of a paradigm shift. Jesus had had to live among us. He had to suffer so that we didn't have to. He had to, he had to die so we could be with him for eternity. He embraced the sinner. He called them to a better life. He was a king that, that really presented himself as approachable to all. And I think what we need to make sure we get is sometimes we read the scriptures if it's just for that time. Like it's the same Jesus. It's the same God today who is still approachable to all. We can approach him with confidence because he's already paid the price for your sin. And so on Christmas Eve, man, we approach the Savior with confidence. He's already extended you his grace. Most likely, you can find yourself to be relatable to a lot of people in the scriptures. It's always say it's kind of weird to to play character roles. I don't think I'm I'm not typically a huge fan of that in the Bible. As long as you pick the right character, I think you're okay. But when we look, when we read stories and we try to put ourselves in there, just to make sure that you're never the hero of any story. Jesus is always the hero of every story. You and I, man, we're really more like the woman at the well. We're more like the sick, the, the dead, the poor, the, the wealthy at times, the ones disappointed, the outcast, the proud, the ones that are full of faith and the ones who had no faith at all. We're more like the lonely, the sick, the egregious sinner, the self-righteous. Jesus was God that became like you, not to punish you, but to set you free, not to rub your nose in your past, but to give you a new life. Jesus didn't come on that first Christmas to condemn the lost. He came to seek and save the lost. He came with compassion and grace. So listen, maybe this holiday season, it's, it's a bit tough for you. It is for a lot of people. Maybe you're lonely, maybe you're, you're sick. I want you to remember the leper in the Bible. Those were the ones, if you don't remember, that would yell, unclean. They would have to literally wear bells around their neck to notify that anyone, do not touch me, don't even get close to me. Those were the ones who lived in colonies outside of the cities who were isolated from the distance that nobody could touch them. You understand the king we serve could have healed them from a distance. Certainly he could have healed them from afar. He, he didn't have to touch them. But he does, he chose, why? Because it meant so much more. They hadn't been touched for years. It was personal, it was powerful. Our God's not sitting in a, in a high place today, only he's here, he's here. He has been pursuing you and, and patiently waiting on you. We talk about a Christmas, but Emmanuel, it literally means God with us, our King. He's here and he's approachable to you. 
And church, my prayer is that you would come and you would see and you would bow down and you would worship the King. Church, the gospel is a simple fact that you did nothing, but you get everything as Christ extends his love and grace to you. We did nothing and you can do nothing to get this. You literally had nothing to do with your salvation. You're actually not in the Christmas story. So tomorrow, especially for you kiddos, man, I don't want to give this away, but what are you going to open? What are you going to get? Cologne, a tie? No, no, you're going to get Jesus. You're going to get Jesus, nothing more and nothing less. I always want to remind you that you're not going to wake up tomorrow and get no problems. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and suddenly get rich. The prosperity idea is a brand new idea. It's less than 60 years old, and it's far from biblical. Does God bless? Absolutely. Should we walk in that biblical blessing? Absolutely. And you know what that blessing is? You get God. You get Jesus. And church, He is enough. He's enough when your marriage is on the rocks in this Christmas season. He's enough. He's enough when your son or daughter has walked away from the Lord. He's enough. He's enough when you can't get pregnant in this season. He's enough. He's enough when a loved one dies, you get God. The blessing of the cross is you get Jesus. The blessing is no weapon formed against you shall prosper. The blessing is no matter what, live or die, we get glory with Jesus. Is God gonna bless you with some resources? I think some of us, absolutely. Is he gonna bless some of us with, with, with long life? Absolutely. But do you get to control that by manipulating him and going, I'm gonna obey these things, so you have to do these things for me? That's crazy. That's crazy. We get Jesus. We got Jesus, the unexpected, approachable king who came as the light of the world to a very, very dark world. And he's still shining his light through his people on this earth. And so I'm gonna pray for us. I'm just ask that, that that becomes a real reality to us tonight. That our God is 2,000 years later, he's still approachable. So no matter where you are tonight, you serve a God who is approachable. Father God, we love you. We thank you, God, for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing, what you're continuing to do. God, we thank you that truly you are, you're Jesus, you're Lord, you're Savior. You are the Messiah. You are the light of the world. And so God, I just pray just for all of us, God, just a spirit of confidence in you. No matter what's going on, if it's good or bad, we just have confidence in knowing who you are and you're a good God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media and tag at VFC underscore Newcastle. If you haven't already, download the Victory Family Church app to stay connected with everything that's happening throughout the week. Thanks again for listening. Have an awesome week.